Here is the story of Henry and me. I wish it had a different end. It had a good beginning. That's what I would say. If Ruby would hear me out, I would say, This is the story of Henry and me. And no matter that it's of the recent past, past is past. And to tell Ruby this story now would be to call on memory, to travel back, and, as it was, to be with Henry was never quite of our time, but of another time, better than all that. A time before my time. Like how it was in New York during the last days of the Automats, when there was still the Biltmore Hotel, and that pink place for ice cream, the name of which escapes me. And Henry, he was not quite of our time either. I wish it had a different end, I would say to Ruby. It had a good beginning. Also, I would apologize to her. I would say, Ruby, I am so sorry. Ruby is living some 600-plus miles away at her mother's house, which is never a good thing, a middle-aged woman living with her mother. That Ruby lives with her mother, it's my fault. In a roundabout way, but still my fault. Rumpelmeyer's. The pink place for ice cream was called Rumpelmeyer's. I would apologize to her, not for what I did, because I did nothing. I did nothing, and I said nothing. And for sins of omission, such as mine was, there is no good excuse. And I'd say that too. And again I'd say, I am so sorry. And Ruby, she'd say, you're sorry. You're damn right you're sorry. And then she'd hang up on me, and I'd be standing there holding the phone with no one at the other end. Or who knows? Maybe she would say, it's okay, Sylvia. It's over. Forget about it now. Not likely, but possible, because all things are possible, and it could happen that she'd say, it's okay. It's okay, Sylvia. Really, it's okay. It's all behind us now. And I then could tell her, as I could tell Ruby and only Ruby, how it is that, precisely that, that it's all behind us now. That is what I am most afraid of, that everything good is over, and where do I go from here? To which Ruby might say, you give up, or you begin. You begin. To begin. Florence, to begin. Florence, the one in Italy. I had not been to Europe or to any place else much either in how long? Eight years? Maybe six. Before I quit travel as a thing to do, I'd done my fair share of it. But then it happened that I stopped because effort expended is not always worth the price of getting there. And it's not as if New York doesn't offer a surfeit of art and music and theater to feed on, much the way a goose is force-fed to make foie gras, which, for the record, is something I consider to be immoral, the way geese are force-fed to make pâté. Ducks, too. In New York, we've got culture coming out our ears, plus the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, Grant's Tomb, and the Cuisine of All Nations. So who needed to pack a suitcase or fret over the decline of the dollar or worry about how, just like that, poof, a plane can vanish from the sky? Travel became something I thought of as fixed in my past, something done and over. A youthful avidity, perhaps. 
until I got to thinking about how I had never been to Italy and how that fact seemed to alarm people. Coincidental to thinking about how I had never been to Italy, that is to say, right around the same time, I got a letter in the mail. A registered letter. A letter that you have to sign for. You know it's not going to be a greeting card or a love letter either. Walking from the living room to the kitchen, I read it, the letter. The letter that exuded the same milk of human kindness as a letter that begins with, Dear Occupant. I read the letter regretfully informing me that as a result of company downsizing, I was to be let go.